Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Friday, August 12th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And it includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Christina Lulich. And I'm Taylor Massetta. Here's What's What around the city. The coronavirus is here to stay, but the CDC is easing up on some of the guidelines. Social distancing, contact tracing, and quarantine protocols are all different. So there isn't a six-feet social distancing requirement and unvaccinated people don't need to quarantine after being contact traced. But this has left many people wondering how the new guidelines will affect New York City classrooms. Parents and teachers have mixed feelings. They're concerned that kids will get sick if these guidelines are no longer in place. But the New York City Department of Education hasn't said they will be enforcing the new guidelines yet. Right now, new COVID-19 protocols in schools are still up in the air. Some jewelry store workers found themselves in a scary situation on Wednesday night. That's right, Taylor. Ten masked thieves stormed Revel Jewelers on Fordham Road. They stole about $800,000 worth of jewelry. One person was armed with a gun, but another sprayed the six employees with multiple cans of bear spray. No one was seriously hurt, and the employees were taken to the hospital for bear spray exposure. The thieves fled south on Elm Street in a blue sedan and are still at large. Looks like a Brooklyn landlord is drowning in legal woes after a 480-square-foot pool was discovered on one of his rooftops. Officials found a four-foot above-ground pool on top of a commercial building in Williamsburg. It was built without a permit and was not up to code. They drained the pool on Tuesday. It's still not clear whether the landlord or the building occupant installed it. And Taylor, the fines could be up to $50,000. And the Department of Buildings was not too happy about this. They tweeted that New Yorkers should not attempt to build a pool without proper permits or hired professionals. If you're looking for something to do tonight, MoMA's PS1 warm-up is kicking off today. It's a new event called Summer Fridays. That's right, Christina. It's an outdoor music and art series in Long Island City. There's a unique lineup of artists and artwork, so there will be some new and veteran DJs. And the event is free with museum admission. If you miss it tonight, don't worry because this musical and artistic experience will run for two more weeks. Another chill event with great food is Hudson River Park's BBQ Blues Festival. It's a free day-long festival on Pier 76 with music and great barbecue. Performers include Jackie Benson, Walter Wolfsman Washington, and more. The festival begins on Saturday, August 13th and runs from 1 to 9 p.m. Rock and folk music dominated the 50s and 60s. Artists like Bob Dylan and the band are some of the popular artists from that era, who all lived in Woodstock, New York. Roughly two hours away from NYC is where these legends made their music. Rock Junket is a tour company that's allowing fans to take it all in with their Woodstock and Bearsville tour. I sat down with Larry Gurmack, a.k.a. Pittsburgh Larry, to talk about this tour and why it's a must-see for rock and roll fans. First, I'd like if you could tell me more about yourself and more about Rock Junket Tours. Indeed, yes. Thanks for having us, Christina. It's great to be recognized. Rock Junket is a rock and roll walking tour company based in New York City. But my history is I am Pittsburgh Larry. But uh, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I moved to New York in 1984. I went to Queens. I went to work for a record company. They put me in the warehouse. You work in the warehouse. It's like, oh, yes, I start from the bottom up again in 1984. But I hung in there for a long time, and I'm still in that business, which is selling physical goods, CDs, DVDs, Blu-ray, etc. As a result um, of working all those years in the record industry, my partner, Bobby Pinn, 
who is also from Pittsburgh, moved to New York a few years after I did. And, you know, we've always kept in touch. We're great, great friends. And he had the idea to do a rock and roll walking tour in Manhattan. About nine years later, I decided to get involved and become a partner of Bobby and took on the Greenwich Village Rock uh, and Roll Walking Tour, which featured a lot of Bob Dylan and folk music in the village from the 60s. I, I decided to do the Woodstock Tour to show people why the festival was named after Woodstock, to go back into time, talk about Albert Grossman, the manager, Bob Dylan's arrival there, Bob Dylan moving into Woodstock, seeking refuge from New York City. A myriad of stars happened to come across Woodstock all because of Albert Grossman and Bob Dylan. And when exactly was the Woodstock tour created? Woodstock was created in 2019. 2021 was a great year. We had over 100 people up in Woodstock doing this tour. And being that we could do the Bearsville Theater portion of it now, it makes the tour a lot more happening and a lot more exciting, I believe. And why did Rock Junket feel that there had to be a tour in Woodstock? Whenever I went to those retailers, everybody said that the, they thought the festival happened there. And I had been doing a lot of research on Woodstock just because I'm that kind of obsessive person who has way too many books and magazines in the apartment. And I read it, it, all the time about this. And it's like the more I read about this, the more of the onion was unpeeled and it's like wow you know Rick Danko met the bass player of the band met his wife whenever he wrecked into her car uh, uh, in a drunken stupor driving around Woodstock in the dark I mean these kind of facts came out and I was like that's pretty fascinating stuff. Larry WFUV listeners love Bob Dylan so tell me more about the iconic White Room. White Room is located in the old Woodstock Photography Studio, which was the Cafe Espresso before that. But it's rarefied air. It's like George Washington slept here, you know? <laughs> uh, Bob Dylan actually wrote liner notes for another side of Bob Dylan. Boom, here's the picture. Here's the beam right here you can see that where he was sitting, so we know he was right there facing the window. And he wrote a lot of uh, Bringing It All Back Home, which is a seminal album for Bob Dylan. What do you hope people can take away from this tour? I just think that they would be more educated about what the town of Woodstock's all about and not equate it so much with just the festival. But I just think that people will learn that there is a lineage of creativity and liberal attitudes in the town of Woodstock that was birthed by the artist community and that was taken on the reins with Albert Grossman and the music community. And it really does tie together pretty nicely. And we showed that on a tour. That was my co-host WFUV's Christina Lulich talking with Larry Germack about the Rock Junkets Woodstocks and Bearsville tour. To listen to the full interview, you can go to WFUVnews.org. And now let's talk sports with WFUV's Mike Calamari. So Mike, the MLB took a trip back into the past. Tell us more about that. That's right. All the way in Dyersville, Iowa, the Reds and Cubs squared off for the second ever Field of Dreams game. The game takes place on the film site of the 1989 Field of Dreams movie. Although the Cubs got the 4-2 victory, the game proved to be bigger than the final score. Both teams are far from playoff contention and instead appreciate the game for honoring baseball's past. Players began the game emerging from the corn in the outfield and they donned the original 1900s uniforms. Reds first baseman Joey Votto, although on the losing side, tweeted after the game, Thank you, Dyersville, Iowa. What an all-time experience. You built it. We came. Major leaguers were also not the only ones who got a chance to play at the famous movie site. Little leaguers ages 13 to 15 from Cincinnati and Chicago got the opportunity to play on the actual movie field ahead of the major league game. 
So, Mike, in other MLB news, what's the update on the Yankees and the Mets? Well, it's not too good for one team, and it's better for another. The Mets and Yankees were both off last night, but it's given time for fans to recap each team's recent success. The Mets, on one hand, have won eight out of their last ten games and have the second-best record in baseball, while on the other hand, the Yankees have lost eight out of the last ten games and have lost three straight series. Both teams will start a three-game series on the road against divisional opponents tonight, with the Mets going to Philly to take on the Phillies and the Yankees heading to Fenway Park to face off against the Red Sox. With WFEV Sports, I'm Mike Calamari. Thanks, Mike. And that's our show for today. I'm Taylor Massetta. And I'm Christina Lulich. Check back with us on Monday at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.